You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 247. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Podcast. This is Kim Eagle, and I hope that you are doing awesome. Now, I've had a lot of people ask me recently, hey, do you have any spots left in the Earn That Body program? I'm afraid I'm gaining weight before the holidays have even started. I totally get that, and I just want to let you know that I have opened up a few more spots because this is the time of year before the holidays start that honestly you want to get a handle on your weight if you feel like you've been putting on a few pounds. Because once the holidays start, it's even harder to stay on track. So I definitely wanna help all of those who want to shed a few pounds before the holidays. And I'm gonna say this because lately I hear this a lot from people. How come it is so much harder to lose weight now that I'm older? This is true. It does get harder to lose weight as we get older. There's a ton of reasons why, I'll be honest. Obviously, our metabolisms are not the same as they used to be, right? And sometimes it's also a function of that your metabolism is way off track because you keep doing a fad diet every few weeks because you put on weight, you get so upset that then you starve yourself and then you can't sustain that, so you start eating, and then you you get into that horrible pattern. And so we have to get your metabolism back on a normal, consistent track before you're gonna see that weight loss. So that's really important too, and it could be a reason why it's getting harder and harder for you to lose weight because you're constantly in this diet cycle. And then honestly, the other thing that I, I try to stress to people is, You want to do this now and not wait for six more months because every time we put off getting fit, getting healthy and losing weight, we are just getting older and it is just getting harder, right? But you don't wanna lose weight during the holidays. So it's just too hard. You're setting yourself up for failure to do it during the holidays. What I always say is let's maintain our weight during the holidays. Let's try not to gain weight. That's why I have the two-week holiday challenge in December, to help us all not gain weight. But if you want to lose some weight, let's get you started sooner than later, all right? So if you have any questions about the Earn That Body programs, I have nutrition programs, I have fitness programs, I have programs that integrate both of those, which are the best for your weight loss um, results. And you can always email me, kim at earnthatbody.com, Tell me what your goals are and I will help you decide which is the best program for you. So we're just sort of at that time of year where I'm starting to get a lot of emails and a lot of questions. And so I definitely wanted to help everybody get that figured out. Now, what are we talking about today? Well, we're kind of, it's kind of, I don't want to call it a part two to last week's podcast. If you didn't catch last week's podcast about being present, I highly recommend you pause here, go back to episode number 246, where we're talking about being present. Now, I would say that this is sort of, again, not really a part two, but we're veering as a little uh, side shoot from that podcast about alcohol not being the answer, right? So drinking alcohol and not being present kind of go hand in hand. So we are going to talk about all of that 
after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, I have to go right back to Dr. Andrew Wow. We talked uh, with him about his article last week, and then there was another great article this week that I just loved. It's called Health Benefits of Companion Animals, and there is the cutest little dog on the cover of this article. Now, Dr. Andrew Weil, he is an MD. He says, my experience as a pet owner is mostly with dogs. I have nothing against cats, he says. I just never had success keeping one at the Tucson Ranch where I spent most of my adult years. Coyotes tended to make feline life there a little perilous. The fact is, companion animals of all kinds, dogs, cats, even rabbits and hamsters, they enrich our lives. And research shows that pet owners have less illness, recover faster from serious health conditions, and tend to be more content than people who do not own pets. Some specific potential benefits of owning or even being near companion animals include, one, fewer feelings of loneliness, A survey by the American Veterinary Association found that nearly 50% of respondents considered their pets to be companions, while only 2% thought of them as property. And a Purdue researcher found that 97% of respondents talk to their pets. Who doesn't talk to their pets? I certainly do. Number two, more compatibility among humans. Having dogs in the office appears to improve the ability of workers to bond with each other. Researchers from Central Michigan University first brought together 12 groups of four individuals each and asked each group to come up with 15 second advertisement for a fictitious product. Some of the groups had dogs in their rooms while they worked and some did not. Afterward, the group members were asked how they felt about working with their teammates. And those from groups that had dog had had a dog ranked the others on their teams more highly on measures of trust, team cohesion, and intimacy than did members in the groups who had no canine companionship while they worked. Number three, and this one I think is really important, fewer allergies. This one may seem counterintuitive, but pets trigger allergies or They say, so how could they alleviate them? The answer appears to be the early exposure that needs to be done. A study by University of Wisconsin, Madison researchers determined that when an infant and a dog share a household, the infant enjoys reduced allergic sensitization and fewer allergy-related skin rashes. The researchers noted that the other studies had found a similar effect when cats and infants shared households. So sometimes people want to keep pets away from the young infants because they think, oh, dirt, allergies, this, that. But they in fact have seen in studies that introducing an animal to an infant actually might help them have fewer allergies later in life. And that's awesome. The next one is lower blood pressure. A University of Buffalo, New York study assessed 48 stockbrokers, all of whom were taking blood pressure lowering medication. 
24 of the brokers had a household dog or cat added to their treatment regimen and enjoyed more stable cardiovascular health measures during stressful situations than did the 24 pet-free brokers. When we told the group that didn't have pets about the findings, many of them went out and got animals. And the last one is that meeting other people. Enhancing a person's ability to meet others isn't typically regarded as a medical benefit. But on the other hand, being more social is strongly associated with good mental and physical health. Now, writer Alan Sarkin conducted an informal study for New York Magazine in which he sequentially walked seven breeds of dogs on the city's Upper West Side and counted the number of women... Sarkin did not track men (laughs) who approached to pet the pooch and chat. The winning breeds, a Great Dane and a quivering rat-faced toy poodle. The losers were calmly purebreds, the Golden Retriever, a long-haired dachshund, and a standard poodle, which Sarkin concluded offer good looks but little charm. I know of no studies confirming that the effect works in the opposite direction, that a woman walking a dog will attract male attention, so perhaps further research is indicated. That's pretty funny that they even included that in the article. But we have all seen that when someone is walking a cute little dog, to me, if it's an awesome dog, if it's a man or a woman walking it, I'm more inclined to maybe go over and say, oh, I love your dog, your dog's so cute. Or, you know, the animal itself is creating a connection with a stranger that we normally would never go up to. Now, Dr. Weil says, I would emphasize that having a companion animal is indeed a serious responsibility. You must think long and carefully about whether one is right for you, and if so, which type and breed best suits you in your household circumstances. But if you are on the fence, as I certainly was 30 years ago, he says, be sure to consider the positives that go along with pet ownership. Rather than simply focusing on the negatives, you may ultimately find that both you and your pet are happier and healthier for having found each other. I love that article. I happen to have two dogs. I have two labs, a black lab and a yellow lab. And I didn't have dogs growing up. I didn't have any animals. My dad said he was allergic to all animals, which now as adults, my sister and I are pretty sure he was only allergic to cats, pretty severely allergic to cats. He's not allergic to dogs, and we know that because my sister and I both have dogs, and when my dad comes over, he's really not allergic. Um, So I didn't have animals growing up, but as I have them now, and we got our first dog when my son was in the second grade, They are everything. I mean, we just love the dogs, obviously. I even have chickens. I have five chickens and I love my girls. (laughs) So all pets are awesome, but yes, they are a huge responsibility. And so not only is having a pet a responsibility, but like they said in the article, please really research the breed. Um, It's great if you can go to a shelter and rescue a dog, but even then you want to make sure you're getting the right breed. And what I mean by that is I got labs 
They're very high energy dogs. These are not dogs that you want to coop up all day in a small apartment. These are not dogs you would wanna get if you were not a very physically active person. So we walk our dogs over a mile a day, we play ball with them in the afternoon, we walk them in the morning, we make sure that they're getting all that exercise that they need. But if I was a really sedentary person, this would not be the dog (laughs) for you. So it's really important that you make sure that you match that type of dog with the person that you are so that it fits into your family just right. Now, all of that, let's get back to the topic at hand. And we're talking about the fact that alcohol, it's really not the answer. All right. And I feel like I'm going to do this podcast today because I see this happening over and over and over whether it's with clients or even with friends or even with family, I'll be honest, okay? I see alcohol really interfering in people's lives. And coming off last week's podcast about being present, I feel like alcohol is one of the biggest crutches that people have to being present. Now, I have done a couple podcasts on alcohol before, and those are a little more related to your actual health, to your actual weight loss. If you miss those, number 91, go back and search number 91, the latest about alcohol. And then also one of the most highly listened to podcast episodes of all time, episode number 174, was a podcast called Gray Area Drinking. With It was an interview with Jolene Park. She's absolutely awesome. And I have to say that this podcast episode probably changed more lives that I have ever heard of in all my episodes because people emailed me and said, after I listened to that episode, I realized that I'm a gray area drinker and how it's impacting my life. So... If you are someone who doesn't even know what that means, but you're kind of curious, go back and listen to episode number 174, Gray Area Drinking. It's a pretty powerful episode and it has truly helped so many people. Now, both of those episodes are great and they shed a lot of light on how alcohol is impacting your health. But today I just really wanna touch upon a few things about why alcohol might be acting as a crutch for so many people in their lives and how it's impacting their mind and their body and really how it's impacting their life. So here's the thing, here's some of my thoughts on alcohol. Most people are drinking alcohol so that they are not present, right? They're trying to escape something in their life or their reality. So how many times have you come home from a stressful day at work and you're like, I need a glass of wine, or I need a martini, or I need a whatever cocktail is your cocktail of choice, right? If it happens to you a lot, that's something you wanna think about. Because if every time you come home and you were under stress, and your solution to that was getting a glass of alcohol or your cocktail, then right there off the bat, we know you're not totally being present in the moment. Being present in the moment would be to sit for a little and be like, wow, that was a super stressful day. What can I do right now to sort of unwind without needing a crutch to unwind? Can I just sit in it? 
and say to myself, well, this is what I'm feeling and I don't want to feel this tomorrow. So how can I fix it for tomorrow so I don't come home like this again? Now, if once in a while you come home super stressed and have a glass of wine, I don't really think that that's a problem. But if it's turning into every night, three nights a week, four nights a week, now it's five nights a week, then you have to ask yourself, why do you keep reaching for the alcohol to make your stress feel better, right? And sometimes it's like just becoming a gosh darn habit, right? I'm gonna get that wine every single night when I get home because it's just a nice way to relax. But why can't we just sit down and relax? Like if you come home and you have now left the stress, can you sit for a while? Can you do some breathing exercises? Can you have a conversation with your family? Like can you sit outside in your back porch for a little while? Those things also would help alleviate your stress in a much more powerful way. So something to think about if that's you and every time you come home, you wanna grab the alcohol so that you are basically not being present in that moment, then it's, again, it's something you wanna think about, (laughs) all right? Now, another reason that most people go to grab that glass of wine or that cocktail is because they wanna fill a void. So maybe they're not happy. Maybe they're incredibly lonely. Whatever the void is, it's real. And I 100% get that. And I have been there in my life as well, all right? I have had many unhappy days in my life. Um, Some when I was young in my 20s and went through a divorce. I was very unhappy then and very lonely. And I get it. And I get why we want to reach for the glass of wine or the cocktail in those moments. Because what you're doing is you're filling that void. I'm lonely, so I'm gonna have a glass of wine. That makes me feel better. It's basically what? It's your comfort drink. (laughs) Instead of comfort food, it's your comfort drink, right? So a lot of people who are not happy or lonely or something is going on like that, the alcohol is trying to fill a void. Now, for those of you who don't drink, a lot of people fill that void with something else, which often is the comfort food or sugar. So that also could be you, and that's also a crutch, just like alcohol is, because too much sugar is a drug, so it also is trying to fill that void. Again, something to think about. I'm trying to put things in your head today to think about so that you can say, is this me? Could I change something? Would that benefit me, my health, and my life? Another people, another reason that people drink is um, to soothe themselves. And that kind of goes with, you know, how to deal with your stress. They're soothing themselves with that wine. How to deal with the void. They're soothing that emptiness that they feel. But I have to tell you, There's always going to be stress in life. There's always going to be life anxieties, right? So if we're always looking to soothe that feeling of stress, we're never really embracing that it's just a feeling and how to deal with it without 
becoming not present in the moment, right? So always looking to soothe the stress immediately. It's sort of a place that we've gotten to in our society. I feel like definitely in this country, I can't really speak for other countries, but very quickly, if we are under stress or have anxiety, we want to fix it right away. And we want to do that with like the alcohol or with anti-anxiety meds, things like that, because we don't want to feel that. But again, a certain amount of stress is normal in our life and a certain amount of anxiety is normal in our life. So you have to then determine what's a normal amount that you can handle and then what's the not normal amount where you do need help. And the best way to do that is to see a therapist, right? So it's 100% okay to feel like right now you're listening to me, Kim Eagle and the Earn That Body podcast, and you're like, but I am under so much stress. I need that alcohol and I need my anti-anxiety meds and I need, I need, I need because I feel this way and I, I hear you. <laughs> like you and I right now, while you're listening to this podcast, I feel you because I've been there. And that is the point that you say, okay, I'm gonna see a therapist. And I did that too. I have had many years in therapy back when I wasn't happy to learn how to deal with it so that I didn't use the crutch of alcohol to handle it because that's not gonna fix it, right? So don't be afraid to seek therapy. I've said it many times. Um, I've been in therapy. My dad was a psychologist, so I guess that basically means I was under analysis my entire life. (laughs) And trust me, I really was. Um, So don't be afraid to go to therapy. I think that everyone should be in therapy at some point in their life. I think it's wonderful to be able to talk to an unbiased person and get perspective and help. I think that is way better than grabbing a glass of wine every night to fix your stress. So just think about that. And then what is another reason that people drink alcohol? Well, how about just the fact that they enjoy the taste? (laughs) That is actually okay, right? So I would say that that's me. Like I don't use alcohol um, to help with my stress, but I'm not saying I never did. And I really want to be clear with that too. I'm not, oh, so perfect and ah, she doesn't use alcohol for her stress. I'm not saying that. So when my son was two, I went through a divorce. And if you don't think that every night I had a glass of wine, probably that whole year, (laughs) I'd be lying to you. Now, I did have one glass. I didn't have a bottle. And I do think if you're having a bottle by yourself every night, you want to listen to the Gray Area Drinking Podcast episode for sure. So I did have my moments and my years when the stress was like that. But now I'm at a point in my life that I just like the taste of wine, but I only have it a few days a week. So I literally sort of have a hard rule. I don't drink during the week. I drink a glass of wine on the weekends. So probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I have a drink. I have one drink. Because I have learned that when I have two glasses, I'm, I don't feel good. I don't sleep well that night and I don't feel good the next morning. And if you do that long enough, you finally realize, hopefully, if you're being present with yourself, that didn't feel good. I don't want the second glass. Even though I want the second glass, <laughs> sometimes I then go, you know what? I didn't like that feeling last time. So I'm going to savor and sip. I literally will take my one glass of wine on a Friday night 
and enjoy it. I don't suck it down in a half hour. Like I enjoy it a little bit before dinner and a little bit with dinner and then I'm good. So enjoying wine is okay. Enjoying your cocktail of choice is okay. I just think it needs to be done in moderation and maybe because you enjoy the taste of it versus I'm using this to feel better, to fill a void, to use as my crutch, to fix my stress, all right? Now, things I just really want you to be aware of, especially if you're um, a parent, be, be listening on this one, but even if you're not a parent, the first thing you need to know is that when you start having alcohol, like seriously, every night, or you're the one who's having more than two to three glasses a night, you're starting to create a really bad cycle for your health. Because one thing that alcohol does, and I honestly, I don't understand why, because you would think if you drank alcohol, you would just sleep like a rock that night, but it doesn't work that way. So alcohol generally will lead to not good sleep. And when you don't sleep well, you'll wake up and you'll usually crave carbs all that day. So like really bad sleep will lead to craving carbs and unhealthy eating generally. It's just got something to do with not sleeping well. So you drink too much, you don't sleep well, you wake up the next day, you're craving all these carbs, you generally won't eat healthy, you're gonna probably start putting on weight. So I have worked with a lot of clients who drink a little more than I would like. And when we get their alcohol intake to a moderate level, the weight comes off. One of the reasons is because they drink less, that's less calories. They drink less, they're now sleeping better. They're sleeping better, that means better weight loss because you secrete weight loss hormones when you're sleeping. So if you have really bad sleep, you generally will struggle to lose weight. So it's like this bad cycle that you're starting to create. And all of that impacts what? Your health. So think about that in case you didn't realize it. I also want you to think about the fact that if you're using alcohol as a crutch to fill the void, to handle your stress, so you don't feel the anxiety as much, you're never really finding the root of the problem. And if you don't find the root of the problem, you're gonna just live with this stress day in and day out. So it kind of goes back to last week and being present. If you're coming home every day and you're feeling stressed, can you next time just sit for a second and ask yourself, where is that stress coming from? Was it stress from your boss? Was it stress from your partner? Is it, where is the stress coming from and what can you do to start to alleviate that stress? Because if you're just going to go back to that stress every day at work and this is a miserable life for you, is that the life you want long term? Or do you need to maybe look for a new job over time? I'm not telling you to quit your job tomorrow. I'm just saying if you're like, yeah, this is an endless stress nightmare, I'm going to start looking for another job while I still have my stress nightmare. You know, always have a backup plan. But if you're never doing anything to take action on the problem, well, that's, that's a long life of unhappiness and stress, okay? So start to be more present. Don't use it as the crutch so that you can figure out the root of the problem because that in itself might lead to a lot less alcohol or the need to grab it as that crutch. And then the last thing, this is for the parents. I want you to know this because it's really important. Your kids are watching you. 
And so every night if mom comes home and says, I need a glass of wine, they see that, all right? They see, and a lot of parents are like, I need a cocktail. <laughs> Look, we've all been there. I've said it too. But if I were to say it every night in front of my son, I need a drink. I had such a stressful day. Then what I'm doing is I'm teaching my son that as stress comes into his life, he needs a drink. He needs a drug. He needs something to fix the stress, right? Because that's what you're teaching your child. I'm under stress. I need a drink. As if that's fixing the stress. So always know that your kids are watching you because they look up to you. So I think that that's really important as well. If you're drinking a bottle of wine every night and your kid is watching, that might be the life that they live too. And so you just want to ask yourself, is that what you want for them? All right. And then the last thing I'm going to say on alcohol, <laughs> while I'm on the soapbox, um, sometimes I have clients and they say to me, well, I went out with friends last night and I had to drink because they all made me feel so guilty about not drinking. For one, that is not an excuse that I'm going to buy. <laughs> you can do anything you want to do. If you're trying to watch your weight, if you're trying to watch your health, if you want to feel good the next day and your friends say to you, one glass of wine is not enough. You must drink more. Like I'm trying to understand what this pressure is that people are feeling. You're stronger than that. Okay, so that's never going to be an, a good excuse for me is, hey, Kim, I drank three bottles of wine last night because I was with my girlfriends and they were making me feel guilty. That's your excuse you're using and you can use that excuse. I'm totally fine. Um, but the reality is if something is important to you, like being healthy, waking up the next day feeling good, if you're trying to lose weight and you've committed to a goal, then that's not going to work, right? So be strong enough to tell your friends, I'm going to have a glass tonight and then I'll hang out with you all night, right? I'm always trying to figure out like, who are these friends? Why would you make someone feel bad for not drinking with you? If you want to drink three to four glasses of wine, go for it. But don't be the whole misery loves company. You have to drink three to four with me because that's not right. So I've never personally been in this situation, oddly enough. And I think it's because, well, for one, none of my friends drink a ton. <laughs> but even that being said, I think people know and respect that I like to be healthy. And so if I say I'm going to have one glass of wine, they're not going to get me to drink more than that just because they want to drink more than that. I don't know. I don't know if that made sense, but... Be stronger than that peer pressure because that's just you giving in way too easily, all right? So I'm not gonna buy that one. <laughs> I'll buy a lot of things, but I'm not gonna buy that one. So always be cautious if you are going out with friends and you are trying to work on your alcohol intake, be okay with telling them, hey guys, I'm gonna have one glass tonight. I'm gonna have one drink tonight. Can you even help me with that commitment? Because that, if you're with good friends, should be enough to get that support. Bottom line, everyone, bottom line, alcohol can be enjoyed, but if you're using it to escape reality, to fill a void, to soothe your stress, it will become a bigger problem over time. 
all right? And we just, we don't want that. Life is amazing. Be present in your life. Find the joys. And if you're going through a really tough time, go ahead and seek out some therapy because that will help you get back on track so much faster than going down that spiral with the alcohol. And that is all I have to say on the soapbox today about alcohol. (laughs) All right, team. Again, sometimes I do these podcast episodes not to say, oh, no, 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 and shake my finger at you that you did something wrong. Nobody's done anything wrong. I like to spark a thought in your head. I like to get you thinking about, is this something that you do? Even if it's not with alcohol, like I said, do you do it with sugar? Do you do it with comfort food? I just want to set little thoughts in motion, almost like planting a seed in your head so that if this then comes up next week, that seed has been planted and you think twice. Because thinking twice and maybe saying, you know what, I'm not going to use the glass of wine tonight. I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to go sit with my thoughts. I'm going to go sit in nature. I'm going to have a conversation. Any of those things, if you do that over grabbing the glass of wine, then I did my job with this podcast episode. I planted the seed. Thank you all so much for being a podcast follower. Uh, The best thing you can do if you love the podcast, it really helps me out, is to give a a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, You can do that right on the app on the phone. You can go to the website as well on iTunes. But giving me that rating and review just helps push the podcast up a little further so that I can reach more people. And my whole goal with the Earn That Body podcast, I do it completely for free. I don't put advertisements in. Hooray. Um, And I do that because it's sort of my volunteer work. I want to pay health forward. And so the way that you can thank me is to give me a rating and review. Even a little post on Instagram. I love when you guys uh, put a post. You take a little picture of the podcast and then you post it on your story or your Instagram page or your Facebook. Hey, everyone, check out this podcast. That goes a long way in my heart as appreciation that you love the podcast. So any of those would be great. Earn That Body Podcast, always here to bring you fitness, health, nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 